0: July 29th is Global Tiger Day, a day that holds special significance to Malaysia, which is home to the critically endangered Malayan tiger. As a symbol of bravery and strength, this magnificent beast is a common sight in popular culture. It's featured on our national coat of arms, on the shirt of our Malaysian football team, and even on the logos of famous brands and companies. In the wild, however, the number of actual Malayan tigers is dwindling, worryingly fast. The latest survey by WWF Malaysia puts the number of wild Malayan tigers at only around 150. This is down from as many as 3,000 about 70 years ago. To get to the bottom of the predicament facing the critically endangered Malayan tiger, we are speaking to Christopher Wong, Tiger Lead for WWF Malaysia. Now, Christopher, thanks for joining us. Uh, Let's start off by having you explain some of the biggest threats to these magnificent beasts.
1: So among the, the biggest threats to the Malayan tiger is uh, number one poaching of tiger and its prey. So just to take an example of the site that we're working in, uh, in the northern states of Peninsula Malaysia. When we started patrolling, we detected some snares in the forest. So more training was undertaken and with more areas covered, we detected more snares. So at that moment, we were still wondering if it was due to the higher effort, which resulted in more snares being detected. Uh, so meaning that we are getting better at our job. But in 2017, the field teams actually find more than 100 snares in the forest. And we confirmed that it was a snaring crisis and it was a really, really bad situation. So despite managing to reduce the snare by 90% over a couple of years due to the, the increased uh, number of uh, rangers patrolling the ground, the coverage that we have, the damage to the population of tiger is already done. So compared to the first time we carried out um, tiger census in the landscape, we find that tiger population has now declined by more than 50%.
0: Now, the loss of the tiger's natural habitat is also another contributing factor to declining numbers. Uh, could you tell us more about this?
1: Another main threat is habitat degradation and habitat fragmentation, which could lead to habitat loss. So tiger has huge home range. So with male estimated to be around three hundred kilometers square and a female to be one hundred kilometers square, they need huge area for the forest in order to survive. So when a habitat is disrupted and when there are only smaller patches of forest available, it limits the movement of the tigers. This restricts cross-breeding between these populations, causing less diversity in their gene pool, and they are more susceptible to disease, which would cause localized extinction.
0: So human activity is one of the main factors behind habitat loss. Uh, We've seen large sections of the jungle taken up for farms, for instance, and we've seen cases in the past of tigers encroaching into these farm areas, leading to some farmers resorting to physical harm to keep the animals away. Now, on the one hand, we need development, but how do we ensure a better coexistence between tigers and man?
1: So we need to understand that um, there are a few things that are required for tigers to survive. One is the habitat. Two, the food and the protection uh, for, the, for the animals themselves. So all these are important for tigers to have a sufficient home range uh, or home roaming area to find mate to raise their next generation of tigers and being protected from poachers. So on a larger scale, more consideration should also be invested in looking into how things can be safeguarded. For example, uh, the land use planning. Carefully planned development can reduce negative interactions. By ensuring that the forests are not fragmented or degraded, it allows tigers to move from a forest to another, while reducing the need for them to come in close contact with humans. And when forests are already separated by, say, a road, help by establishing safe passages, for example, a viaduct, instead of expanding the development to further separate the forest. And then we also need to look into community engagement to involve the local communities in conservation efforts. So encouraging them to participate in decision-making processes, providing alternative livelihood options and educating them about importance of tiger conservation then to foster their sense of ownership and reduce conflict.
0: Okay, so now that we know about the various threats facing the Malayan tiger, let's look at a worst-case scenario. What kind of timeline are we looking at here before the species becomes extinct?
1: Okay, right, uh, this it might be ranging from one, three to five years. So as I mentioned, the number of wild tigers in the country after the first national tiger survey led by Pelletan revealed there's only fewer than 150 tigers in the country. So in short period of time, at the same time, in 2017, WWF Malaysia detected more than 100 snares in our landscape itself only. In such a short period of time, more than 100 snares. So if one snare catches one tiger... This imagine how many tigers that will be gone uh, in the forest. And, you know, the answer is that uh, it will actually be gone in no time. These are, of course, the very, very extreme negative point of view. However, th- these situations are totally possible if nothing is done for the tiger.
0: Now, it's absolutely scary to know that the Malayan tiger is actually that close to extinction. But at the risk of oversimplifying things, some people may be wondering, you know, if it's so difficult to keep tigers alive in the wild, why don't we just breed more of them in captivity, for instance, uh, in zoos? Is this a viable way to increase tiger numbers?
1: Yeah, this this is a very interesting uh, discussion uh, that is still happening up to today. But the answer is not just a very simple yes or no at the moment. So captive tigers definitely have their role uh, when it comes to research, uh, preservation of their genetics, behavior study uh, for, to contribute into science, and the population that you breed uh, in captive uh, facilities like zoos uh, is said as to be a safety net for if the population crashes in the wild. They, these all are just sort of, we call it an insurance. So on another note, despite having low tiger population in the forest, which is now at fewer than 150, uh, it's still going in a downtrend since uh, in early 2010. With this tiger being an apex predator and as an umbrella species, it is important for us to know that to keeping them in the wild and saving their population, we are saving a lot more, especially when the tiger habitat that we save is home to a lot of other wildlife in the forest. Okay, you
0: mentioned the tiger habitats also being home to other forms of wildlife. Uh, Let's expand on this a little bit. Could you explain to us what kind of damage we could see to the ecosystem if tiger numbers decline further?
1: I guess the first one will be the ecosystem imbalance. So tiger itself as a species is a very good indicator of the health of the ecosystem. It helps to control the population of large herbivores. Uh, examples like uh, wild boars and um, some deer species like bucking deer, sambar deer, which in turn affect the vegetation dynamics. So if the herbivorous population increase without predators uh, regulation, it can lead into overconsumption of vegetation. Then it will affect the structure and affect the composition of plant communities. This then can turn into very bad cascading effect on other animals, insects, and even water bodies in the ecosystem. And then uh, next, there are also other sympatric carnivores, meaning uh, a very similar uh, role carnivores in the country. The leopard and also the the dole, or dole, usually we call it um, a wild dog. It resembles uh, like a dingo in Australia, but we have it actually in, in our forest, Malaysia. So with the absence of tiger, these carnivores will grow in numbers. So the situation is not yet fully understood when when these kind of things happen in the absence of tiger, but it is hypothesized that it will have overall negative effect to the balance of the ecosystem.
0: Now WWF Malaysia together with agencies like Pahilitan have been working tirelessly to help save the Malayan tiger. I understand the government has been increasing the allocation for forest rangers in each of the past few years. It's gone from 20 million in 2021 to 39 million ringgit to have around 1000 rangers for this year and the target is to have as many as 3000 rangers eventually uh, to better patrol and protect our forest. This is very encouraging indeed but that is the government side and the NGO side. What about the general public? What can the average Malaysian do uh, to play a small part in helping protect the Malayan tiger?
1: Contribute to the plan whenever you can write to your representatives to your leaders on your opinion on saving the tiger species and also be mindful of the products that you purchase in the market make sure you do not support wildlife trafficking and if you know of illegal wildlife trade happening in the physical shop or even online report them to the agencies that are responsible for it such as Perhelitan Christopher
0: thank you so much for your time and insight I've been speaking to Christopher Wong Tiger Lead for WWF Malaysia in conjunction with Global Tiger Day on July 29 This has been another Astro Radio News podcast.